Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Super Sleuths Book 3 The Smuggler's Gold by E.M. Clark. Read by Lexi. Chapter 2 Nika the Navigator. Years after the Flying Dutchman sank without trace off the coast of Sandlandia, Zelie and Zav Sinclair were enjoying a glorious holiday at Red Cove, not far away from the wrecked ship lying peacefully on the seabed under the waves. The twins were camped out with their friend Milo and cousin Sam and Sophie at Noisy Waters, a special part of Red Cove, where the sea crashed in over rocks out at sea, creating perfect body-surfing conditions. The children whooped and yelled as they flung themselves into the surf, arms outstretched, the current speeding them towards the sand. Above their heads soared two colourful parrots. Their names were Anna and Demaria, and they were very unusual birds indeed. They were parrots of flambeau and had special powers, not least the ability to talk. They belonged to Zelie and Sophie and had been very useful, helping to solve the mysteries the children found themselves in. The other member of the super sleuths, as the children liked to call themselves, was Rafa the monkey. He was a mariki, a rare jungle monkey, and his clever charcoal face was grinning out at everyone from his perch on Zav's shoulder as he chatted excitedly, sea spray flying. Look, everyone, cried Sam, standing up in the breaking surf and shading his eyes against the brilliant afternoon sun. That ship coming into Redport is the Challenger! Milo's eyes gleamed with excitement. That means Nika the Navigator's back, he grinned. Nika is my hero, said Zelly. When I grow up, I want to be just like her. So do I, declared Sam and Zab at the same time, and they burst into laughter. We all do, said Sophie. She's a real adventurer, isn't she? I wonder if she's got her motley crew with her this time. Of course she has, Sam replied. She always has the navigators with her. They're a team, just like us. Elementary, cried Zelly. My dear Watson, the others chorused. The super sleuths had been inspired by the old detective stories of Sherlock Holmes and they used this famous phrase as their password. It must be exciting to live in the Sugar Islands, all together with no parents to get in the way of your adventures, Zav remarked. But maybe a bit lonely sometimes, said Milo quietly. Milo's father was a sea captain and was often away on his ship, the Golden Ram. Zelly gave Milo a swift hug. Let's row across to see them all, suggested Sophie. Race you to the lucky star, cried Zav, and the children sprinted across the sand to their trusty rowboat, Rafa the monkey tooting a fanfare and waving his tail in the warm air. The sleuths manned an oar each with Milo as lookout, and they set off across the bay to Redport. Redport was a very old town, with winding streets and narrow lanes. The quays were full of ships and their cargo, and the port was home to sailors from all around the world. The sleuths tied up the lucky star and ran to find the challenger moored in the main docks. As usual, they had to run the gauntlet of Mad Pat, an ancient mariner who was very fond of lashing out at the children with his stick. I'll take an ash plant two years! The old sailor screeched wildly at them as they sped past. He never gives up, does he? said Zav, as the sleuths ran up the gangplank of the challenger and paused on deck. Hey up, me hearties! 
a joyful voice cried, and the children grinned. Hey up, Nika! They chorused, and they all high-fived her enthusiastically. Nika the navigator was absolutely, undoubtedly cool. Her dark eyes shone with mischief and adventure, and a bright bandana held sea-roughened black dreadlocks off a face which was always alert and watchful. Her shirt was loose and richly coloured, with exotic dyes from the east, and her aged leather jerkin seemed like it was a part of her. A battered leather belt with a gleaming silver buckle held a sharp sword ready for action. Several gold earrings glinted at her ears, and her white teeth gleamed. A bright turquoise hummingbird was tattooed on her wrist, representing joy, energy and healing. Nika was from Port Royal originally, a merchant settlement on the Sugar Islands. It had been built by wealthy traders who had made their money transporting spices, sugarcane and slaves to and from Sandlandia. But Port Royal had a bloody history. Known as the wickedest city in the old times, the aquamarine water of the bay and the perfect white sandy beaches hid many a dark secret. When Nika was only five years old, a vicious gang of pirates had raided Port Royal. They were merciless. Fire and destruction had followed and the town was swallowed by the red glare of the bonfires and blood on the streets. Among those who perished trying to defend the town were Nika's parents. Nika herself had been visiting her grandfather that day in a little fishing village, so she had escaped the devastation. Her grandfather, however, was old, and he did not live for much longer. With her family gone, Nika had grown up virtually wild on the Sugar Islands and had travelled the world on any ship that would have her. She had quickly learnt to look after herself, learning martial arts, sword play and map skills from any sailors who would teach her. She was stronger than many of the sailors who crossed her path, and her navigational skills were so well honed they had earned her the nickname Nika the Navigator. Nika and her crew of abandoned youngsters travelled the world in the Challenger, collecting healing herbs which were used to make medicines and cures in Sandopolis. Zavanzelli's mother Flavia was a herbalist and healer who often bought supplies from Nika when she put in at Red Port. Welcome aboard, Nika said, giving Raffa a friendly pat. Let's have a cup of something together to celebrate my return to Sandopolis. The sleuths perched themselves on the upturned barrels in her cabin and raised metal tankards of foaming mango juice. Cheers! Nika cried, slopping juice all over the round wooden table covered in maps and various other documents. She took a long drink and smacked her lips with delight. Here's to being ashore for a while and enjoying good food and drink. Makes a nice change from ship's biscuit and lime juice. That's why they used to call sailors limeys in the old times, isn't it? Said Sam eagerly. He wanted to be a sailor more than anything and he had a talent for remembering anything to do with the sea. Yep, said Nika. Gotta eat the limes to keep the scurvy at bay. We'll make a sailor of you yet, Samo. And she winked. So, what have you sleuths been up to while I've been away? Nika was always interested in their adventures, and they told her all about their latest case in French town, Super Sleuths and the Royal Captive. She listened carefully, her black eyes narrowed. A very unusual place is French town, she mused. Troubles brewing there, and it seems you found yourselves right in the middle of it. She grinned appreciatively. Glad to hear you got the better of Prince Igor. He's a nasty piece of work. I've run into him before. 
Good job he's locked up on Isla Diablo now. He won't be bothering anyone for a long time. Is it true that no one's ever escaped from the Isla Diablo? asked Sophie. Yep, replied Nika. That is one secure prison. Igor won't be seeing the light of day any time soon. Unfortunately, though Nika was right about most things, in this case, she would turn out to be very wrong indeed. Now it's my turn to show you something I've found on my travels, she continued, and she set a carved ship inside a bottle on the table. The sleuths gazed at it curiously. What's this for? asked Milo. I'm not entirely sure, Nika replied. When I was last in the Sugar Islands, an old sailor gave it to me, along with this, and she laid a pendant on the table alongside the ship in the bottle. The necklace was gold, but was very tarnished. It had clearly not been cleaned in a long time. It was oval-shaped and on a long chain. It's a piece of ladies' jewellery from long ago. They wore these around their necks in the old times. Nika leaned forward. The old sailor told me he'd been a smuggler for many years, searching for rich cargoes. The treasure ships have to sail close to the sugar islands to catch the wind. So the smugglers used to lie in wait to steal the treasure. Treasure? Sophie breathed, her eyes shining. What kind? Gold bars? Often gold, but could be other precious things, like jewellery, rare old objects, and so on. This sailor said he knew of one ship that no one had ever found. This pendant and the ship in the bottle are supposedly connected to it. But why would he tell you about it? Sam asked. Surely he wants to find the treasure himself. Oh, he's very old now, and he feels his time on this earth is coming to an end. He couldn't continue looking for the cargo even if he wanted to, which is why he told me about it. He wants me to continue the treasure hunt. And if I can find it, I will take him some booty to repay him for his help. The sleuth's eyes were bright with excitement. Nika looked at them all. The only snag is, I reckon I need some help. Who fancies coming on a treasure hunt, me hearties? Me, cried the children excitedly, and Nika laughed. First, let's examine these objects for clues. On it, said Milo, taking his spyglass from his pocket. Come on, fellow Sherlocks. Can you see the name of the ship? asked Sam, as Milo put his magnifying spyglass against the side of the bottle to examine the perfectly crafted little ship inside. Milo didn't answer straight away. Oh, it's hard to see, he said. Hang on. And he rubbed the bottle with his sleeve. That's better, he said, putting the spyglass to his eye again. The ship's name is the Flying Dutchman, he said excitedly. The Dutch were the people who built the orange fort in Frenchtown, exclaimed Zav. The Flying Dutchman, mused Nika. Yes, she disappeared many years ago. I remember my grandfather telling me about it. She was rumoured to have a very large cargo of gold. The sleuth's eyes gleamed. Gold! This really was a treasure hunt. Sophie had picked up the locket and held it up to the light. I think this opens somehow, she murmured, running her nail down the edge of the round pendant. Do you think they've put something inside it? asked Milo. Like what? said Zelly. I don't know, replied Sophie. But there's a catch here on the side. Well spotted, Soph, said her brother approvingly. Very gently, Sophie pressed and prodded the pendant until she touched the spring and it suddenly eased open. 
Look, Sophie cried, a piece of paper, all folded up. It looks really old. The sleuths peered at the small square of yellowed paper. Let's open it really carefully, suggested Zav. You do it, Sophie. She nodded, and very gently she eased the old parchment open, taking care not to let it fall apart in her hands. There's an address written on it, I think, said Sophie breathlessly. The Sloop Inn, Sandy Lane, Red Port. The sleuths stared at each other. Sandy Lane, Sam repeated. But that street doesn't exist. Well, names can change, said Zav. Nika, do you have any old maps of Red Port? Yes, I do, Nika replied, and she rummaged through a drawer filled to the brim with rolls of parchment. Here, she said, and she unrolled a map on the big captain's table. Let's look nearest the docks first. That's the oldest part of town. Look, cried Zelly, pointing at the map excitedly. There, near to what we call Middle Street now. The map calls it Sandy Lane. It's near Seven Bells Passage. Where is that? asked Nika. Just behind Molly Malone's pub, replied Sam, his eyes gleaming. Nika grinned at the sleuths. Great work, gang. Now we know exactly where to start our treasure hunt. The Sloop Inn. Thanks for listening. Join us next episode for Chapter 3, The Search for Clues. See you next time.